0: Ahsoka is a spin off of The Mandalorian taking place after the events of Star Wars Episode 6. Dave Filoni created and wrote the series. The first two episodes just came out. August 22nd, the first episode is called Part 1, Master and Apprentice. The second episode is called Part 2, Toil and Trouble. Remember when Bob Iger, uh, from, uh, the CEO of Disney, came out last month and was like, there are too many MCU shows, yeah. too many Star Wars he shows. You said he was going to scale we're them gonna, down. We're going to scale them down. I haven't seen the evidence yet because... <laughs> Not only is Ahsoka coming out, but there's going to be another show that crosses the same timeline as The Mandalorian, and then all three of them are going to sync up. It's going to be its own defender. And what about Andor? Because I know Andor Season 2, I think, is pushed back because of the writer's strike, but that's still going to be happening, right? If I remember correctly, I don't think Andor has the same timeline. I think he exists in a different time in, in the Star Wars universe. I could be wrong, but that's what... And also, Andor was probably my favorite thus far of all the Star Wars really, series. Really? Even the Mandalorian? Yes. And we discussed this during the episode that we talked about Andor. Uh, the only series... Obi-Wan, I think, was a little bit of a letdown for me. How about you? I think you mean Kenobi, right? Was yeah, Kenobi. Was yeah, it was just me and he was I, a main
1: character. I've started to, ever since Kenobi, kind of uh, watch Star Wars films with low expectations. Was it the Kumail Nanjiani factor? Was that the thing that just, like, the wrote Kumail you Nanjiani factor. Wasn't he in there? No, yeah, I mean, he was. But I'm saying it wasn't just because of him. Him. It's just that I feel like with Marvel and Disney, I agree with Bob Iger. There are way too many shows with them now coming out.
0: And now they're making a new you, movie too. Do you remember in
1: 2015 when mm-hmm. The Force Awakens came out? Yes. It was huge. Like the news broke was, The news was playing the trailer for it. It was my fantasy football team in- name. Every, everybody <laughs> was excited to see this film. And then it took eight years. And now it seems like just all Star Wars properties are just kind of like, a, they vary in quality.
0: But Ahsoka kind of takes us back to, like, grand old space opera. Like, that's how I felt, at least. We got the epic-scale uh, galactic storytelling, adventure, drama, orchestral backing. Uh, the text crawl is back, too. Yep. It's a little different. It's red, and it doesn't go, like, backwards. Yeah, it wasn't, <laughs> like, coming out on the screen. Yeah, and it didn't have that bomb, pa-pa-pom, you know? Um, but it tells us that Imperial Grand Admiral Thrawn is missing and that he can galvanize the Imperial troops and take down the New Republic, which is just starting to like work things out and get the planets running and everything. So that would be kind of, it reminded me a lot of Lord of the Rings Rings of Power because the story there was that it was after the war, Sauron has fallen and he's still out there. But the only one who seems to care is this tenacious, stubborn woman who's going after him before the bad guys can reassemble and and take over everything. Both are, yeah, yeah, it's so, about Star Wars. a war. So, so Ahsoka Tano has been chasing down leads and she finds Morgan Elsbeth, who is a witch. And because I'm not, this is a good time to point out that I haven't seen all of Star Wars, like everything it has to offer. I don't know what's canon at this point. I haven't ever seen any of the cartoon TV shows or any of the ones that came out of the Ox? I I don't even think I could answer a lot of the questions about the original series besides just the basic plot elements surface level so and how about you is that kind of the same Uh, yeah yeah, I i haven't seen the back
1: half of uh season two of the mandalorian or season three which as i apparently learned would have probably helped with this show because some stuff in mandalorian uh i think in the finale of season two deals with the same type of characters
0: yeah what i'm trying to say is if you're looking for a deep dive into the star wars universe dictionary um and encyclopedia of knowledge that's not us. We're just here <laughs> to give our Easter impressions eggs. Yeah. on the first episode and the second episode. So what
1: would you give, just starting off, what would you give Ahsoka? Ahsoka? Like, as yes. a
0: total? I, I liked it. I'm going to give it an 8.
1: Okay, well... Yeah. Did it, you like it? If it wasn't for the cinematics that design music, costume, cinematography, and visual effects, I would possibly consider Ahsoka to be
0: one of the worst shows of the year. Okay. I mean, it's fair. You don't know some of the things that I do because I did the research on this one. Maybe I can convince you otherwise, I will admit that it is a little slow.
1: Yeah, that was my main problem with it. Just the snail-like pacing. And it's sad because I like Star Wars. I like a lot of people on this show. Rosario Dawson, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, David Tennant, who I think is in The Clone Wars, and I think might even possibly play the same character. Might. And yes, then, of course he does. And even, He's not
0: the only one. And yeah.
1: Clancy Brown. I know he shows up for only like three minutes. Also playing the same
0: character he Mr. played Krabs. in the show.
1: Yeah, and I think that the person that Clancy Brown talks to... Introduced. Yeah, introduced. Same guy from the show. Dante Bosco? Um, Dante Bosco? Zugo from oh. last remember i didn't know if that was him or not i thought that
0: that was the person that he was introducing all i know is the person that he introduced the senator is yes. what you're saying uh yeah it was the same guy from the show who voiced oh, him okay maybe
1: but i yeah i was just disappointed in the two let's just get into it can i
0: yeah, talk the, about my summary the first scene though is what i thought would be pretty acceptable the first you. 10 minutes of this show right? i enjoyed yeah I, I thought
1: that this might be able to pull a Andor because with Andor i came in with all expectations and i thought that it
0: was like mediocre to good well again we you have Morgan Elspeth, who Ahsoka... Tano has chased down and then gotten information from her and then left her on a ship to be like sent back to prison or something. And that ship gets boarded by a couple people pretending to be Jedi.
1: Bayon, and, Skull, and Shin Hati. Yeah, and, it, and they're just
0: a couple mercenary who end up killing a lot
1: of people. They slice and dice them and it honestly reminded me of one of my favorite scenes in Rogue One where Darth Vader is in that room and he just ends up taking out the whole entire ship and it was brutal. The mm-hmm. first, yeah, that the first ten minutes, especially in that first scene, I was enjoying. It felt like, like the theme
0: was right it felt like everything was going together and then we get this ahsoka indiana jones Tano movement because she's in a temple and she's seeking out a map it's funny it reminded me a lot
1: of uh ray from the force awakens yes. when you first see her and that was one of my favorite parts of the force awakens i think that car- uh the person who plays ray was like the best part of those last three films Daisy where, Ridley? yeah where you don't see your face at first and then she takes off the hood and then she's trying to find
0: something of value so that she can make some money or so they can help them there really wasn't any suspense as to who we were watching. Yeah, obviously. It was obviously Ahsoka. And she ends up finding this orb that looks a lot like the Guardians of the Galaxy orb <laughs> that uh, Chris, uh, what, what's his face? Chris Pratt? Chris Pratt finds. Star-Lord. Uh, yeah, yeah, Star-Lord finds in the first thing. And that got me thinking, I think Zoe Saldana could have played Rosario Dawson's character. I actually was wondering if it was her for a second. And I was like, oh no, that's obviously Rosario I've always Dawson. confused Rosario Dawson with Tamara Taylor, the lady from Bones, because they look so <laughs> much alike. But now I'm realizing also, yeah, Zoe Saldana. Same thing. Then these droids show up. They try to take the orb from her. Also like Guardians of the Galaxy. They surround her. She uh-huh. takes them out one she by one. She takes them all out. And then what happens? Then
1: David Tennant playing my favorite character. Huyang. Yang? Who Yang. Yeah, who Yang. the robot. Same guy, he's, yeah. He's piloting the ship. Ahsoka is running away from the robots who are exploding. Yeah, and they then, say...
0: It's funny when a robot says self-destructing in 10 seconds. Because usually you're like, why do they even put that in their programming? Might be a Mission Impossible. You would think that they wouldn't do that because if they have any reason to self-destruct it's because the thing around them is a threat you wouldn't want to warn that threat but i think the first person who said it was ordering the other two drones or yeah right so that's what made me forgive that and so then they exploded the planet looks like it was in (laughs) like no one was going back to that temple afterwards (laughs) she jumps on the ship and then yeah we meet hu Hu, who who yang and uh and he seems like a pretty interesting dude because he's like by the book He's got a sense of humor, but he seems super old because he taught Jedi. Like, he was yes. one of the original Jedi right. teachers.
1: He is He is a lot like the robot from Rogue
0: One. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, wait, the one that I liked so much? Yeah. The one that was like... A, I think so your favorite an character excellent in that fighter, movie. Yes. excellent fighter in that movie, yes. Yeah. Um, all right. The show we really ought to address, though, before we move too much further, is Star Wars Rebels. Because a lot of fans, having seen these two episodes, think this is... This show, Ahsoka, is just Star Wars Rebels season five. That's because, a Disney XD show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and it took place in like to era. It, it was played in the 2010s at some point. Um, they actually used the Philharmonic in Prague to do the opening for that. So I was really <laughs> curious if they used the same ones to do this show, but I wasn't able to figure that out. It took place a decade after episode three, Revenge of the Sith, Order 66, Anakin's turn to the dark side. In uh, the original, I think, Clone Wars movie, that's when Ahsoka was presented as like a teenager, a Padawan or apprentice to Anakin. And then later on in the Rebel series, she was more of the leader. And then obviously you had uh, Sabine and you had Hera and then you had uh, Ezra and just the whole group of them working together. But then at the end of the series, I think that's when uh, Ezra, as we kind of learn in, in this episode, uh, Master and Apprentice, that he and Thrawn are kind of thrown into this other galaxy place. Yeah, right. It, it, kind of often they're unknown, almost like in Supernatural, where... Um, in the end of the fifth season, when Sam jumps into hell with the uh with, with Lucifer, right? Yes. With his brother. And anyways, so they then do like a time jump, sort of Walking Dead style. And now we're suddenly at the end of the war and past the sixth movie. And so Ahsoka's older, and Sabine has to be older, and there's a lot of questions, but a lot of people really like the fact that they seem to have kept everything from the first four seasons. Okay, so yeah. that so that
1: is, I guess, where I kind of differ because Sabine's character, and again, I haven't seen Rebels, but I found her character to be insufferable. I did not I really like her introduction like her at
0: all. I agree with you. The, the first 20 minutes I thought were great, Then Sabine came around and I was like, what show are we watching right now? This doesn't feel like Star Wars It And honestly,
1: her introduction reminded me a lot of Hit Girl, but Hit Girl from Kick-Ass 2, especially the ending when she's on a motorcycle because it almost seemed like they were going for the same tone with the pop song in the background.
0: Mm -hmm. And then she's like doing Fast and Furious tricks. I I completely agree (laughs) with you because this is like my number one con. And it is kind of petty because by the end, she does sort of change herself by the end of episode two. But her introduction, her look, her style, the rock music—it felt like they were trying to do a Captain Kirk Star Trek thing, but you know, she where she was like having the leather jacket on. The and nod to the cop when he, when he, when she like upstages the other one. And by the fact that this, this takes place post Episode Six and the previous series that she was in Rebels was before in, in again after Episode Three means that she's not a teenager and yet she's still acting she, with yes. all the angst in the world. Yes, she's and a very thought, character. You would have thought that with all the trouble that Star Wars got in with the prequels and Anakin's angst <laughs> as a teenager that they would have tried to avoid that storyline as much as possible. But instead, yeah, you have someone who ends up sort of kind of like an arcane character. I have in my notes that Sabine feels like the most
1: teenage character in a mid to late 20 year old woman's body because yeah. she does the dumbest things in this episode. She
0: does. She does doesn't follow any orders whatsoever, and
1: I guess I was also mad at Ahsoka because she is the one that trained uh, Sabine. That's supposed to be well, the backstory.
0: Well, well, not exactly, because she was supposed to be the one who trained Ezra, who Ezra is the right. one who went missing. Sabine has always been just a Mandalorian. Right, but but
1: wasn't Ahsoka? Didn't she say
0: that? Yeah, was... yeah, yeah, yeah. It was supposed to be like a bat in the background after. I guess the first four seasons, she may have picked up the lightsaber and become like a Jedi Padawan. But like now, I think that's when it became official. And the, of the second episode. My point is,
1: is yeah. that she should know what Sabine is like. So when Ahsoka gives her the orb that
0: is supposed to tell where General Phan is, okay. So Ahsoka... she should be able. She should be able to tell that Sabine's going to take it. I know we're jumping ahead a little bit. So first we get the scene where Sabine is just off on her own and that's her introduction. And then we get the scene from the bad guy's point of view where uh, Balin, right? That's yes. his name? Yeah. He sends Shin over his his Padawan over to uh, the same planet to go find Sabine, and at the same time Ashoka is told by one of her old friends, Hira, uh, played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, to go and also find Sabine because she would be able to crack open the, uh, as you were saying, the, sorry, she would, be, she would be able to crack open the orb and tell them where the map led to so she's like some sort of cryptographer she has like a second sense, so that's exactly what Ashoka does, but when she finds Sabine, there's obviously that reunion animosity because of the drama that fell out where I guess Ahsoka, Ahsoka decided not to be her master anymore. You've and then seen also, it in a thousand different TV shows. Yeah, it, until I understood the background to it, the reunion felt a little unnecessary. But once she gave her the orb, I think Ahsoka knew what was going to happen. But when when
1: she comes back into the room, she's so surprised. I know, I know, I know.
0: She she comes in there and she's like, oh my god, she left. But at the same time, I think in the back of her mind, she was still aware that that is what had to happen. Like, it's just part of the force, the Jedi force, to know that, like, things have to happen fate has to happen in order for like things to work out in the end can we
1: talk about ahsoka for a second yeah
0: yeah yeah i actually want to talk about uh, her hair yeah well i want to talk about the (laughs) character
1: i enjoyed her introductory scene but I didn't see her as that great a character. Like I didn't actually. I thought it was mismarketed with the television name Ahsoka. Because at least for the yes. first
0: episode, which is like an hour, you follow Sabine more than you do Ahsoka. Mandalorian focused on the Mandalorian. Andor fan uh, focused on Andor. Obi Wan focused on Obi Wan. And this show is not a, sh- a- Ahsoka's show. It's she's it's, a
1: secondary character. It's
0: Rebel season five. That's the. But for people who already liked her character, they liked her from that show. So I don't think they mind it as much. That said, for me, I do think we get enough of her, and it's not like she's completely absent, but I agree, it's more of a team show. But
1: even her character, and I guess that this is a character trait, but it's so calm, I felt like it was on the borderline of emotionless, Yeah, she doesn't actually ever freak out when, like, for example, at the very end of the episode, and I'm sure we'll get there, but Sabine loses the orb. you think that Ahsoka would be somewhat mad about it, but no, she says like a snarky comment And her protege being, almost dies. <laughs> yeah, at yeah. the beginning of the second episode, and that's about it. And it's hard for, I guess, the audience to, not, to like connect with
0: a character if the character is not echoing the audience's emotions. I, I don't know if that's true, though, because if you think about her life, it started off many, many years ago. She was under the tutelage of an amazing Jedi who had so much talent, who then turned to the dark side, betrayed everything she ever stood for, and then uh, Ahsoka had to go on the run, and then she distanced herself and said, I'm no longer going to be a Jedi. Then she f- hooks up with this team that she's made, and they go off on adventures. Suddenly, the team gets broken apart she tries to tutor some of like a Sabine here and then that doesn't work out it just seems like she's old at this point so she is wise and she's not going to be phased by too much but so. like literally phased by nothing yeah
1: she's but she's so a calm.
0: good fighter yeah yes i mean
1: like look the fight scenes i think are done well they're shot well yeah. i like them but it's like as a character you have so many scenes of her just speaking very slowly to either uh, her friend again elizabeth Winsett, uh, Hera, i think her name is or sabine and it doesn't seem like uh yeah like she's really taking anything into
0: account except for just being calm well the thing is though you have to think once luke became a Jedi, he also became calmer. She's been a Jedi or ex-Jedi for a long, long time. And they asked her in an interview, I think Rosaria Dawson talked about how, instead of having that like young child to a grown adult um, a transformation, this is more of a Gandalf the Grey gandalf the gandalf the white transformation gandalf the gray was already super wise and he couldn't be phased by a lot but at the same time there was a difference between him beforehand and him after i see the comparison i guess
1: my point how many episodes is this supposed to be first off it's gonna have eight episodes okay
0: and i mean we're a quarter of the
1: way there and we're just now starting to get on the adventure but i mean like ahsoka i guess don't see how she's going to change that much throughout the eight episodes but does she need to Well, if it's called Ahsoka, I
0: feel like, yes, in some ways, yes. Uh, Okay, all right, yeah, well, so the end of the episode happens, and yes, we get this final battle between... Uh, the two apprentices. She's cracked. She's been able to crack the orb, and I did like the lightsaber Sabine fight has, scene. Yeah, and Sabine pulls out her lightsaber, and then she's not. She's kind of rusty at it because uh, she knows karate better. Than, that she she has the Mandal- Mandalorian fighting skills down, but she doesn't have her lightsaber abilities quite there yet. So Shin beats her. The thing about Shin, though, is I think she had the ability in that moment to kill Sabine, and she chose not to. Well, she stabbed. Her. She stabs her, but then she doesn't do the full slice. You know. I mean like a lot of people <laughs> were pointing out how what was the name of Obi-Wan's mentor who the guy like uh, King uh, Keegan or what what's his name yeah how that guy got killed by Darth Maul right, right? and uh, how he died from just a simple stab wound well you see a lot of jedi they do the full slash and if she wanted to kill Sabine which she easily could have i think she would have done the so full slash So they're saying that the villains like I, aren't really And she's really also trippy. asking questions Shin is asking Balon a lot of questions which makes me think that she has to turn good eventually like she's too curious and too like she wants a reason for everything and all the real reason that balon gives is that power well they're balon, going for power it doesn't even seem like he really wanted
1: to kill or wants to kill ahsoka as we see in the end of the second episode because he it seems like he does there are so few care Jedi. about the yeah the jedis he's talking he about to how one. he was man. one of
0: those little kids who was who was uh, uh, during order 66 oh. like escaped <laughs> that's why he was taught by uh Huyang. That makes okay, that yes. makes a lot more sense. Yeah, so there's a lot of like deep lore in there. And then the second episode comes around, that's when we see that Sabine has recovered and she tells Ahsoka about her findings. Ahsoka and Syndulla end up going to Karelian because uh when Ahsoka goes back to Sabine's ap- apartment and she finds a lead, she finds a robot there and then they kill the uh-huh. robot and then they're able to kind of the same way they w- they did in c 3PO and um e- even R2D2, they were able to like fix something which then hold out its memories use the face yeah and, yeah. and they're able to and then they it. so they found out Karelian is where they needed to go and that's supposed to be controlled by the new republic but when they get there they find out that they've employed a lot of ex-imperial staff well, a
1: quick question yes. do you know why Hira is so big on Ahsoka
0: trying to train Sabine again because they were all part of the same team at one time before Hira I think she's like a general now or something like that uh, but before in the original TV show they were all part of the same team I was agreeing
1: so, with Ahsoka's point though
0: Sabine like it's just she is not ready
1: in, in any way I mean to give the villains the main thing that you need to stop another war from happening I mean I guess that Sabine didn't know what was going to happen if this fell into the wrong
0: hands but still I was agreeing more with Ahsoka than I was Yira Well, I think you are supposed to agree with her because she's the main character. And Sabine does have a growth by the end of the second episode. That's kind of what I'm saying is that, yes, I didn't like her introduction. And yes, she was a little, she she made mistakes along the way. But by the end of episode two, it seems like she's put all that behind her. She's cut her hair. She's there to learn. And she's just going to be a a better character now. So, I I mean, like the second episode doesn't even belong to her. I would say that it's mostly about this other planet where they go to Karelian. They're finding out more information about why um, uh, Morgan Elsbeth, the witch, is is using it still as a base of operations. And when they start questioning this Min Weaver guy, who's supposed to be the the man in charge, the boss, who shows them around the plant and how they're like repurposing things for the new republic, and then it becomes very obvious once they get to the control room or the command room, and they see one ship like about to leave. Yeah. And and they're like, so what is on that ship? And it's like this highly sensitive data, which not even the commander or or um, uh, hero's like security can get past. And then. All these guys just jump up being like, for the Empire, and they just start firing bullets. And then suddenly Hera has to do like a Star Wars chase scene up into the atmosphere with this weird little R2-D2 guy named Chopper.
1: Chop, okay. Chop, I I think, was the best addition to episode two. He's a cross between BB-8 and R2-D2, but I did like his character. You did like his character. So I'm going to be
0: honest with you. I didn't, but the Rebel fans, those who have watched the whole (laughs) series... 100% 100% the biggest thing that they were thrilled to see was that Chopper was back and that his attitude was still as vindictive as <laughs> it ended up being because the first thing he asked is for them to blow up the ship so it can crash land in the planet, right? Yeah. And then she's like, we can't do that. And it's like, why not? And you, and you didn't like him for that. I, I think I missed that joke. I think oh, okay. I wasn't reading the subtitles for that thing. But he just seemed like another version of an R2-D2 at first, and that's why I did The other things that the Rebel fans like seem to be Lothcat, which you saw a lot. Um, that yeah, was, I was cat. That
1: was, I, it's so strange how, I, I was just wondering why they didn't just put a regular cat in there. It would have been less
0: expensive. What? No, that's a guy from also the TV show, the original TV show. Sure. And then also one of my favorite parts of all Star Wars series is seeing the uh, Mon Calamari and there were a bunch of them. Those are the guys with the fish heads. Yeah. Oh right. Fishhead okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. fish guys yeah. are really cool. Um and so they end the episode with them sticking a tracker on the ship that gets away with all the bad guys. Um and then also uh Sabine and Ahsoka starting to work together again.
1: Yes, right. They the now I the second episode ended where I thought that the first episode was going to end. That's what I mean when I was saying that the pacing was so slow for this thing. We're now a quarter of the way through and it just seems I'm still a little confused on what the adventure
0: is even really supposed to be at this point. I mean, like they're going they're, they're, they're trying to find the portal that will find um the main bad guy so that they can stop him Thron, and then they they're also looking for Ezra at the same time. But at time. this point the villains already have such a head start, right? But they don't because like Apparently, that little tiny tracker is able to focus cross-galaxy, which doesn't make as much sense technology-wise, but just let's take into a world that is accepting of witches and stuff. So, um, yeah, that's what's happening, and they just need to follow that thing, and then suddenly they'll be able to tack on to the next clue. I don't know. I, the show to me, it's like I, I did like the uh, credits,
1: though. I, I will say that the credits look cool with the visuals and also the visual effects, and like I was saying, cinematography,
0: it's cinematic, it's Star Wars. I like that part of it. I like but... that the, there were new worlds brought to life. Yes, the special effects were there, the classic slide transitions, that intimidating opening opening and Ray Stevenson and Ivana Sakno, those are the people playing, Balin, uh, Skull, and Shin Hadi, and, and also Marek, all three bad guys. Marek was the lightsaber dude. Okay, right. You know who I'm talking about? Yes. The guy who's sort of like Tron um, in the second movie. The, yeah. And he like, uh, yeah, all three of them were super intimidating, super cool to look at. The Mon Calamari, Hu Yang, David Tennant, the two apprentice fight. Um, I think Shin is definitely going to turn, but, but I'm going to enjoy watching that happen. And then I love the, you're the worst Jedi speech. Because when, um, you, you know, when Hu Hu Yang was uh, hanging out with um, Sabine all episode two, and she was like, I- I'm terrible at this. I, I yeah. can't be a Jedi. And he's like, you are by far the absolute worst <laughs> Jedi I've ever seen in my life but you should still be a Jedi. I, I loved it because it was just like, yeah, well you, you can't pick and choose. You, somebody's got to be the worst, right?
1: But when I when it came to everything, I, I also should put Hugh Yang and chop in my, uh, in my pros list. But when I came to everything else, even the dialogue I found to be average and the characters and the plot, I just could not get into it. And that's why I'm going to give the first two episodes. And then there's potential. I will say that for this show, there is potential. I could see a game better, but i to give have two, some cool
0: cameos. I'm going to supposed supposed give the
1: two, I'm going to give the two episodes four and a half out of 10.
0: Pay attention though, because in the future, where's this gotta go? It's got to reveal where Ezra is. It's got to reveal where a big old battle with Thrawn, and they have to lose because there's no way that they're just going to defeat this big evil and then have the next set of Star Wars films come in. So like, there's going to be tragedy waiting. There's going to be amazing cameos. It, everybody's basically confirmed that Anakin Skywalker is going to be back as Hayden Christensen. Oh, I would like to see that. Yeah. I would. Yeah, that would be awesome to see. Also, the fact that we no longer have to see Sabine in her sort of teenaged angst form. Makes me hopeful. Also, I am holding out hope, even though I know that in the cartoon series, she never did it. But like, you know how you had General Grievous with the four lightsabers? And you know how Ahsoka's hair is kind of like sentient? Yeah, yeah, that was that was strange. Can yeah, you, can you imagine if she at one point just throws up two lightsabers for her hair and then has two others? Okay, that's not gonna. That would be so cool. <laughs> and yeah, the, uh, just hints about stuff. I, I I'm sensing a tone. If I have to gauge the force, the bad guys are good enough. Where I think that this is going to end up paying off. This this specific series, I think, is going to have a big old bang of a conclusion. For me, I think that the sh- like if Star Wars wants to gain
1: back the audience that's kind of lost ever since 2015 or whenever they need to have another mandalorian like show that was as good as the mandalorian was in that first season and as big
0: as it was and i don't see ahsoka doing that yeah if i'm just basing it off these two episodes i may have given it a lower rating um but i'm going to give it an eight because of what I right. see the potential is. What were the reviews for it? Uh, the reviews are all over the place. It seems like the fans really like it. And it also seems like some of the critics do. But then there are also some that, yeah, complain about the pacing. Say that uh, if you haven't seen the Rebel series, you're really not going to like it. I was going to say,
1: yeah, it seems like this was made for people that like Star Wars Rebels or Star Wars The Clone Wars movie or television series. I can understand if you like it. I just never watched that stuff when I was a
0: kid. You don't have to defend it. No, it makes sense. One of the cons that I will cop to because you said that the dialogue wasn't always there, is that there was this line, and the line itself isn't bad. I'm trying to remember exactly what it is, or at least find it here. Oh, yes, I think Ahsoka says, when well, uh, it's not loyalty, it's greed. When they were on the planet at the end of episode two, and um, Hira is like, look at all these people who are still working right. for the Imperial people. How how can they be like that? How can they be so loyal to them? And then, and then Ahsoka returns with, it's not loyalty, it's greed. But how can she say that when she was just in a room where a bunch of people just committed mass suicide yelling for, <laughs> for the, the Empire? Empire. <laughs> that doesn't sound like greed to me. That sounds like loyalty. So it just one did not match on top of the other. Um, other than that, I, I did see the cast for this, and it's what made me like tune in. And I haven't seen everybody who's listed there, and I know one of my favorite people of all time, for acting is is hasn't shown up yet. So, so I feel
1: like from the cameos that you're saying, yeah. I don't know how it would be,
0: but maybe like the Mandalorian or something
1: shows up. No, like Pedro it's a Pesco. person
0: who's playing a character who hasn't been in the Star Wars thing up till now. But I do know that for Thrawn, they are bringing back the person who voiced him as well to play that character, mm-hmm. Lars uh, Mickelson. um So so yeah, we I think I think this series is going to come together. Even if you didn't like it, I would probably suggest. Um, skipping through or, or It seems in. like you're going to watch the rest of it. I, right? I wasn't planning on watching more than maybe the last couple episodes. But but I think that it, uh, it, it satisfies what it needs to. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Bye. Bye.